Hi, this is Catherine Elizabeth with Trained by Grace 2. Um, and we're going to discuss the more detailed version in Genesis 2 of the creation mentioned twice in Genesis 1. So, you know, you start from very general to more specific to even more specific. And, um, so, Lord, we thank you today that you are so detailed in your work. You are so detailed. And we thank you that because of that, we know that you care about every little detail. You care about everything in our lives. And Lord, you don't want things to be not good with us. You want things to be good. You are good. You want things to be good for us. You created us in a place that was good. Lord, help us to diligently seek you and your goodness in this week. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so anyway, we're in Genesis 2. And last time we read the verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden. Interestingly, he already gave him a job to work it and keep it. It is interesting how that job is stepped out in these later verses. But anyway, verse 16, And the, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden. Verse 17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. We'll get into a discussion of what that means later. Verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good. So, so far creation has been good. Except for one day that we notice that God doesn't say it's good. He doesn't say it's bad. He just doesn't comment on that one. But here he says it's not good for man to be alone. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper. Fit for him. Verse 19. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature that was its name. Verse 20, the man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, which is, by the way, the first time he's been named, there was not found a helper fit for him. So, here we see that God had formed the man, um, and then he forms the beasts of the field and the birds of the air, and he brings them to the man to have him name them. Now, that's interesting, because when we think of a garden and working it and keeping it, we don't think about the animals in it. But apparently, this was part of Adam's job, and we still do this. You look into the names of everything, and we have and a very extensive scientific name for them, because somebody went back to this passage... And 
said, wait a minute, we can find out what these things are and we can label them according to kinds because that's the way they were made. And so we have a system that does this. And as part of working, interestingly, working what we have and keeping it, we have to know what's there. And Adam does this. And he doesn't go from, it's not good for the man to be alone, to creating woman. He has Adam see the pairs of the animals and name them. By the way, some of the names in languages for the animals are very similar to one another and very old. If you like etymology. Um, verse 21. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with the flesh. With flesh. And the, verse 22, And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Two things here. First of all, if you know anything about anatomy, you know that women have more one more rib than men do. They do. Basic anatomy fact. Um, number two. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, this verb. He made into a woman. Is kind of a word for architected like. He specifically designed woman to be the helper fit for him. Architected. Verse 23. Then the man said, this, is, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. This is the third little poem. If you're looking in the ESV or some of the other versions have this too, you'll see that as you're reading through Genesis 1 and 2 and later passages, you'll see that these are bracketed a little bit differently, set up in paragraphs a little bit differently. Not every translation does that. The reason they do that is because these are little poems. Um, little recitations, little songs that have been sung for a very long time. And this is one of them. This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. In Hebrew, it's Isha. Because she was taken out of man. Ish. Ish and Isha. Verse 24, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So here is this 
completion of man. Now, if we go back a little bit, to chapter 1, we notice that it is on the sixth day after man and woman are created, because here's one of those other little poems in chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. It was after that happened at the end of chapter 1, in that second retelling of creation that God rested. Man was not considered complete until that sixth day. And we know from this passage that he was actually created before the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. So somewhere... In day four, day five, but he's not complete. He isn't finished because he doesn't have woman with him till day six. Um, God's amazing in his details. He cares very much for us. And even though sometimes we don't see things the way God does because of where the world is, we'll find out about that in Genesis 3 and continuing on, where the world is now. Um, there's joy. There's joy in finding what God created and letting God recreate it. God can recreate and redeem and make things closer to that ideal. And eventually, God's going to recreate and redeem everything. We groan for the day. The earth groans for the day. The animals groan for the day when that's going to happen. And we thank God that His Word is living and active, as it says in Hebrews 4.12, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you so much that you are a detail-oriented God. We thank you that you were the one that determined and fit woman for man and decided that they weren't complete without each other. Um, Lord, we thank you that you brought in poems and songs. That music was part of this. In fact, there are some theories that when you spoke in Genesis 1, it wasn't speaking, it was singing. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that you sing over us. That you sing not only creation, but recreation and redemption. Thank you, Lord, for making all things good. Maybe we don't see it now, but you are going to bring all things to good. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. This is Catherine Elizabeth with Trained, Trained by Grace 2. If you need a Bible, 
or prayer. I'm available, trainedbygrace2 at gmail.com. Put in the subject Bible. Whether you're asking for a Bible or not, just put in the subject Bible. It makes it easier for me to search. And then let me know about your request, and I will try to get back with you as quickly as possible. And God bless you. Have a great week.